Hello, and welcome to Mr. Sorensen's weekly world history podcast. This week, we will be discussing uh, a review of our ancient China and India unit. So China's first civilization began near the Huanghe River. The Huanghe River is more than 2,900 miles long. People settled near the river because it provided drinking water, water for irrigation, water for cleaning. It provided transportation for trade. The Huanghe is also called China's sorrow because when it floods, it can cause a lot of death and destruction. But the floods do leave behind fresh soil for farming. China's geography provided protection from attack, too. To its west, China has the Altan Mountains, and to its southwest, it has the Himalayas. The Himalayas are the world's tallest mountain chain. It has the tallest mountain, Mount Everest, and the second tallest mountain, K2, in the world. In the north, China has the Gobi Desert. The mountains in the desert kind of act like a natural fence that protects China from its enemies. Where China's geography did not protect them, the Chinese built the Great Wall to protect them. The Great Wall was begun during the Qin Dynasty, around 210 BC. The beginnings of the wall were not very fancy. They threw together whatever they could find around them to keep a group called the Mongols out. Every time they would build some of the wall, the Mongols would go around it. So the Chinese would build more, wall, more of the wall. The wall stretches from the Gobi Desert in the west to Korea in the east, a distance of more than 5,000 miles. The nicer parts of the wall were done by the Ming Dynasty between the 1300s and 1600s. The wall was effective against the Mongols because the Mongols mostly fought on horseback. With an average height of about 22 feet, Mongol soldiers could climb over the wall, but their horses would not be able to, which would give the Chinese an advantage. China is also known for the Terracotta, terracotta Army. Built for the Emperor Qin Shi Huang around 246 BC, these statues made out of clay -like, a clay-like material called terracotta were built to protect his, protect his tomb. Although Altogether, 7,000 warriors, horses, and chariots have been discovered. And maybe it didn't, it might have worked because it was undiscovered for a couple thousand years. The Chinese calligraphy writing system is still virtually the same writing system they use today. It has thousands of pictures that represent words. There is no alphabet. There are a couple of different spoken Chinese languages but they all use the same written system. The writing system is something that connects all the Chinese people no matter where in China they live. The Han Dynasty is known as the Era of Inventions. During this dynasty, the Chinese invented the process of making steel, developed herbal medicines, and had advances in shipbuilding. They also invented the compass, used for telling directions, and paper, which they made from trees, kind of like us. The compass and paper are two of the four great Chinese inventions. The other two were invented during the Tang Dynasty, which lasted from 680 to 907 AD. The invention of woodblock printing is going to let the Chinese make copies of single page of writing. Then they could arrange the woodblock words and print another page. When they had enough pages, they could put them together to form books. The more reading materials out there, the more people that are going to be able to learn how to read. 
The last of the four great Chinese inventions is gunpowder. The Chinese will use it to make fireworks and some weapons, but they will not be the ones who invent the guns. The Europeans will do that much later. The Tang Dynasty is also called the Golden Age of China, because art and literature thrived during this time period. Also during the Tang Dynasty, the Silk Road becomes an important trade route. The Silk Road started as a way to, for people to get from the West to get the soft silk cloth that was only made in China. But it will expand to become a series of routes where all kinds of goods were traded between Europe and Asia. They did not just trade goods, though. Things like religion are going to spread by the Silk Road. Buddhism will spread from India to China and eventually Japan and Islam will spread from Saudi Arabia into Central and East Asia. During the Ming Dynasty, the most work was done on the Great Wall of China. Most of the nicer parts that we see today was done during the Ming Dynasty. The Ming Dynasty lasts from about 1368 AD to 1644 AD. At the top of the Chinese society was the emperor. His power was absolute, which means he had total power. The Chinese people believed that the emperor's power came from the gods or heaven. This idea is called the Mandate of Heaven. They believed that any bad harvest or disease that spread would be a sign that the emperor no longer has the support of the gods and it might be time to overthrow the emperor. Underneath the emperor was the aristocrats who were wealthy landowners. Then came farmers and at the bottom of the Chinese society were the merchants and merchants are people who make money buying and selling goods. India has two main rivers, the Indus and the Ganges. People settled near the rivers because they provided drinking water, water for irrigation, water for cleaning, and they provided transportation for trade and also left behind fresh soil whenever the flood waters went down. India is also protected from its neighbor to the north by the Himalayas and the Hindu Kush mountains. These formed like a natural wall that kept them from being attacked. The two major empires of India were the Maorian and Gupta empires. One of the major leaders of the Maorian empire was Emperor Ashoka, also known as Ashoka the Great. He was a fierce warrior, but changes his ways after the bloody battle of Kalinga, where around 100,000 people died. He starts ruling his empire by the principles of Buddhism, which are do not hurt any living thing, respect different beliefs and cultures, and look out for, look out for people's well-being. The Gupta Empire was known as the Golden Age of Ancient India. During this empire, India was at the height of its art and learning during its ancient times. Under the Gupta dynasty, algebra was first used. They created the concept of zero in math and had a symbol to represent it. They also created the numbers one through nine we still use today. They were also very accomplished at medicine. They actually used plastic surgery to correct facial mutilations and they um, set broken bones and they were uh, pretty advanced. The Harappa, Harappa and Mohenjo-Daro did not have a written language. The first written language of India was created by the Aryans, who also started Hinduism. The Aryans used Sanskrit, and the oldest known examples date back to 1500 BC. 
Many European languages are based in some way of, on Sanskrit and its use of an alphabet. Hinduism has no one founding leader, but the Aryans are considered the first people to practice it. Hinduism was founded in India around 1500 BC. Hinduism is today's third largest religion with over 900 million followers. People that follow Hinduism believe in many gods, which is called polytheism. Hindus believe in reincarnation or rebirth. They, they believe that if you've not lived a good enough life and have not performed your role in the universe, which that's called Dharma, that your soul is reborn into a new baby. The process continues until you've lived a good enough life, when then your soul is released to join the universal spirit called Brahman. Another aspect of Hinduism is the idea of karma. Karma in its simplest form is the idea that if you do good things, good things will happen to you, and if you do bad things, bad things will happen to you. The sacred teachings of Hinduism are found in the Vedas. The social structure of ancient India is called the caste system. It was a very rigid system, meaning that when you were born to a family from that caste, you were stuck doing the jobs in that caste. You also couldn't marry anyone from another caste. At the top of the society were the Brahmins or priests. They were super powerful and controlled the whole system. Next came the Kshatriyas, who were the warriors and rulers. This is the first society we've talked about that was not headed by a king. Underneath the warriors and rulers were the Vaisyas, which were people like doctors, lawyers, and business owners. The lowest caste was the Shudras. They were unskilled laborers or servants. The Dalits, or untouchables, were not even considered part of society. They were treated horribly and could only do jobs like collecting trash. People didn't want to touch them or go near them because they were afraid of catching a disease from them. This was the law in India until 1949 when it was made illegal. Parts of it still remain in place, especially in the countryside. Uh, Mohenjo-Daro and Harappa were the first two uh, cities founded by the uh, Indus River. They were pretty advanced for their days. Although they didn't really have a written language, they still are going to do things like have well-planned cities that are on a grid, kind of like graph paper. They are going to have bathrooms and a sewer system to get the waste away from the cities. They're going to um, have well water rather than just drinking water out of the river, so they have the cleanest water of any of the ancient civilizations. So they were pretty advanced and probably the most advanced of any of the civilizations we talked about. So no bonus this week since the study guide is a bonus already. I hope this helps, and I'll see you next week on Mr. Sorensen's weekly World History Podcast. Ciao, Bella.